Salami, and it's the Shagilola Salami Show. Um, the show is a podcast set in a virtual cafe. Um, we thought, uh, talk about books and publishing, and I hope you will learn something new and interesting today, or at least discover a new book. Anyway, so who have I got here with me today? Hey there, this is Jason Lynette, and uh, excited to be here with you. Hi there. Uh... Oops, sorry. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So tell me about yourself. I have uh, come at the business world from a bit of an interesting perspective that about uh, 10, 11 years ago is when I jumped ship from a full-time career to go out instead as a full-time professional hypnotist and helping people in a one-to-one environment in terms of producing positive changes, whether it's letting go of fears, letting go of unnecessary habits. And then it's where over time that mindset in business, as we'd say, of scaling up. So taking that message out into training environments, teaching other people to do the work that I've done. And along the way, having hypnotized more than 250,000 people and building my own million-dollar brand, taking that message out into the business, into the corporate world as well, because there's, there's too many people out there that are just kind of on that edge of doing something great or just that need that one little nudge to do something really amazing with their lives. And to realize it all comes down to a few simple principles and strategies and it's not necessarily that I'm the one to hypnotize you to become a success because oftentimes it's also about helping you to break free of what might be holding you back as well. That sounds, that sounds very um, interesting though, but I'll have to sort of put you, drag you back to the beginning, right? So you said, yes. if I got you correctly, you were in a profession or you had a career and then you quit that to become a hypnotist. Yes, so uh, probably one step away from uh, running off and joining the circus to some people's perspective that, uh, of all things, I was working in management in nonprofit arts, so specifically working backstage as a stage manager in theater and okay. working really long hours, working uh, in a position where it was basically my job to take the blame of everything that went wrong and uh, have to manage some rather creative personalities. And part of the decision came down to realizing that to some degree, nonprofit arts was uh, kind of nonprofit for just about everybody involved. So hypnosis had been a bit of a hobby. I had seen one of those, of, of all things, one of those comedy stage hypnosis shows, and something about that just piqued my curiosity, and it just became this quest of learning as much as I could, going to courses, taking trainings, and here was this skill set that I saw had a much larger reach in terms of serving a benefit to people, whether it was individual personal change or much like the work that I do nowadays of helping people to really supercharge their business mindset. So uh, it became that moment of realizing that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it the rest of your life. And to have that opportunity to go all in on something brand new and uh, not necessarily have a model to always follow that oftentimes in other businesses that uh, we have to reinvent the wheel. In, in my store, it was one of having to figure it out along the way. And uh, to be there in that experience now, we're looking at here are the things that I've done. And right, my real mission statement comes down to, let's, let's just call it out from the start. I'm in a profession that sometimes I have to convince people, I have to promise them I'm not going to make them cluck like a chicken, uh, which is a side note, I've never actually seen or heard of a hypnotist who's ever actually done that. It might just be a Hollywood uh, stereotype. But oh, if I'm in a profession where I've had to 
uh, build in that little bit of a disclaimer that no, that's not a thing that we do and still pull off the business things that I've done. I want to take these principles and strategies out into the world because there's other folks out there that, again, they don't have that barrier. If I could do these things with that barrier, realize that without it, well, here's the accountant who's listening to us right now. Here is the graphic designer. Here is the educator. Here is the, the plumber, the, the whatever business may be out there to recognize that these principles and strategies are things that they can put into use. And by, by tracking people who were already successful in modeling what they've done, I've done it for myself and excited to share that with others too. Fabulous. See, now I'm curious though. So when you left um, this nonprofit arts management um, role that you were in and you started reading up on um, hypnosis, when did you decide or when did you feel you actually had the skills to be able to hypnotize someone? Because I almost always think of hypnosis as some sort of, like you said, you know, Hollywood, you know, make someone clock like a chicken. And I always just think it's this sort of make-believe kind of thing and it's not really very real. So when did it become real for you? When did you feel that you've had, you can, you have the skills now after everything that you've read to be able to do it? Who was your first patient? Well, who was the first yeah. hypnotized? Well, let me, let me rewind that back a little bit because let's look at the actual definition of hypnosis because uh, one of the more popular definitions comes from an early turn of the century uh, practitioner whose name was Dave Ellman. Uh, Dave Ellman was from 1900 up till about, I believe, 1967, passed away then. His son, Larry, is actually active in doing quite a bit in the hypnosis community. And it's from that Dave Ellman source we use the terminology that hypnosis is that bypassing of that critical faculty of the mind. It's that automatic response in spite of things that we're already aware of, which to take that definition, that's something that you and I do on our own practically every single day. We can be driving in a car, thinking of everything other than driving a car, and you still end up where you'd like to go. You could be watching a movie, you know it's all actors putting on costumes and pretending, and yet we still get swept up in the story. Or here's that person who's about to stand up in front of a group of people to deliver a message that they're passionate about, and yet in spite of all of their experience and all of their knowledge, they're nervous, they're shaking, they've got that classic fear of public speaking. In spite of everything that they know they're able to do, here's part of their mind saying otherwise. So to those people, I'd say, well, congratulations, you're already doing hypnosis. Let's teach you how to use those powers for good. It's where to use the other word, the word trance, would often be a little charged in terms of what people would expect that to be. My definition is extremely simple. It's that moment where internal reality, internal perceptions, mind you, internal perceptions have a greater importance than external reality. So there's that public speaker that hears a crowd of 100 or so people who are ready to hear that person's message, and yet inside, there's a feeling that says otherwise. Here's that person on a personal change aspect that they're experiencing some sort of stress and they understand that feeling of stress. And yet they're going into the internal perception that maybe that junk food will make me feel better and they're stuck in some sort of emotional eating pattern. So again, I always come back to it's not always about hypnotizing someone for a change. It's more so about dehypnotizing that. So to look at the question of when did the skills come in, I began, I do quite a bit of corporate speaking these days, speaking to groups and educational environments. And there's a bit of a leap of faith that had to be there, which is best defined by 
Uh, my wife and I have been together now for well over 15 years, married for 10 of those. And it was her comment when I was doing just a, a demonstration of this around friends. And her paraphrase of it was, that was great, but you have to work on that expression on your face that's telegraphing, holy fill in the blank, it's actually working. <laughs> so it wasn't quite a jumping ship moment from, from the theater management career into the hypnosis because one had been really flourishing as a hobby up until that point. So it was a seamless transition to walk out of one, out of one career as an employee and then launch my own brand that I'm now running to this day. So working as much as I could to be in those preparation phases, working with as many people as I possibly could. You know, in the early days of the business, if I wasn't out there actually seeing clients, it was all about getting out into the community and talking about what I did, that uh, to just be sitting in the office, I didn't have a business, but instead by communicating that. So I kind of impart that message to anyone out there who's on that, just kind of on that edge of doing something on their own in a business perspective, to just get out there, share that message. And uh, the more you're successful, the more you're successful, just get out there and do the work and make that thing happen. Yeah, that sounds, you know, sounds quite interesting. And I can sort of almost picture the timeline, you know, so you were doing this and then you were doing the, your, so you were doing your career, but then you also had this hobby. But then at what point did you decide, you know what, I can take my hobby from being a hobby and actually make it into a successful business? Because I think at the beginning you said, you know, you've now got a multi-million dollar business or something, something. I heard something about million dollars. <laughs> To, to look at the figures over the last several years and add them up, and in terms of there's many different aspects of what I do. I do some business consulting. I do private clients. I do educational programs and classes. I do speaking. Uh, I have my book that's out there. So combining those streams over the years, yes. That okay. aspect of going from, going from the startup years from hobby into profession comes down to Again, that phrase I used before, that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it the rest of your life. I, I was on track to get what I had perceived to be my dream job. And along that journey, as eventually that offer did arrive, realizing that, okay, here are these 80-hour work weeks that I was on a union contract, technically getting paid for about 30 or 40 hours. Uh, here I was reaching a point of just threshold that just the, uh, the burnout of kind of the same thing day in, day out without much variation to it. And meanwhile, there was this thing off to the side that I had been doing, which admittedly, the final year in that career before I made that uh, transition, and we're talking about 10 years or so at this point, was the time frame of realizing, wait a minute, this part-time profession uh, was actually earning more than the full-time career. So, you know, for the listener out there, I'd say, look at where you are and find that place where that transition becomes that no-brainer where that transition is not too much of a leap of faith. It's just I need to double down a few more of these efforts, and that's what's going to produce that massive result. Okay, fair enough. So I know you started off, you know, from what you said earlier on, um, you know, by practicing with your friends. Um, and then when you started making the transition into, you know, a proper full-time career, how did you start promoting, you, you know, your services to be able to get you know, clients, who was your first paying client? Oh, absolutely. I, I, the story really begins with the fact that the best, the worst business advice I ever got is probably what made me an instant success. 
that I was hearing from all sorts of business owners that it's going to be slow your first year. No one's going to come see somebody without testimonials. You don't have any referral sources yet. Maybe you should see if that old job is still available. And I, I, I call this the power of premise, that mindset that just I refuse to buy into that mindset. That was their perception that did not have to be mine. So that advice really uh, inspired me to get out into my community and talk about what I did, to be the advocate, to, to look at it instead of rather than going out and promoting and trying to sell something, instead it is my responsibility to, to, to talk about what I'm passionate about in a professional way, to share something that I know is helpful and by accident, that's gonna get me a lot of clients. So I was working from a mindset of value first. So I was going out and I was giving talks and demonstrating uh, these skills and talking about the results. I was going out there, a ton of network marketing, just getting in front of people. And it's from those environments, I was meeting other people in business who had these specific needs. Uh, up until that point, I had been traveling around doing some more uh, presentational type things. And here's the CEO of the company going, hey, I've got a fear of this, can you help me with that? Or, hey, here's this person, he wants to stop smoking, help with that. So. The, the skill, the muscle of the mind was already there. So when it became the game to uh, sign a big, scary lease for several years and say, I'm going to make this work, it just became a different environment to really set in motion the work that had already been put in place. So those early clients were people also in the business world, uh, people who were out there with that goal of improving themselves. And I really live by the phrase that the way you are here is the way you are everywhere else. I can talk about a brief period of time where I had been rather overweight and then substantially losing a quite a bit of weight, building strength, getting into strength training, changing my diet, uh, cutting out alcohol. And this whole transition of the personal life is really what inspired the business life as well. That building that, building that dedication in one segment of life transferred over to another. So many of my clients coming in from that business perspective in those early years we're kind of recognizing that same through line that, well, here's this one habit that it's time to get rid of. Here's this one fear that's kind of holding me back. And as soon as I break free in that part of life, I can begin to break through in my business life too. Right. That's, that's very interesting. Your story is quite unique though, because I could, I definitely would not have imagined, you know, that you know using hypnosis that that hypnosis had so many options i always think of it as something that the government would use on people but <laughs> well, look uh, at it all of, yeah and I, and I share an insight here all of it is actually based upon effective communication mm -hmm. and the unfortunate thing is that we often find ourselves uh stuck in a pattern of ineffective communication and even worse delivering it to ourselves I'm not good at this. I'm not a morning person. I'm not going to feel well tonight because I didn't tomorrow because I'm not getting enough sleep. And we're delivering these unfortunate negative hypnotic suggestions to ourselves, whether we've been trained formally in the process or not. So it's where, as I'm speaking to groups out there, I'm sharing strategies of hypnotic language patterns in terms of how do we actually begin to change that influence to ourselves, change your words change your mind, becoming a simple pattern. I'm getting better at this. How is it we harness that? Uh, I, I've been um, teased playfully in, in my hypnotic communities because the statement becomes, you know, every suggestion for change actually comes down to a rather simple formula. 
it's an action followed by a result. It's a cause followed by an effect. As you take a deep breath in and relax, it just helps you to go even further into the state of focus and relaxation. As you throw out those cigarettes, you're realizing you're taking back control of your life. As you stand in front of that group and speak, you can feel that confidence in the voice resonating in your body. So it's a very simple formula, but again, it comes back to the individual in terms of that language. So we can look at hypnosis as being a formal process. Come, you know, have me come to your company, close your eyes, and let's guide the team through some sort of visualization exercise and uh, state management shift. Though the real statement becomes we can, rather than just do hypnosis, I say we can also be hypnotic. We can step into that result. We can change that thinking in our mind. We can take better ownership of how we respond to ourselves and the world around us. And you're right. It could often look like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to believe that this could work for everything. Um, if you dig a little bit deeper into some of my history online, you'd say, yes, I work with quite a number of people for things like stopping smoking and overcoming fears. But then randomly, I've worked with uh, a number of professional golfers. And this is coming from someone who I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. And if we're at the, uh, if we're at the putt-putt uh, golf course, I'm the one, even with my kids, asking if we can stop keeping score and just play for fun because they're beating me, uh, not my skill. <laughs> <laughs> but it always comes back to four simple questions for change. How do you feel now? How would you rather feel? And then from there, what are those things you're doing now and what are those things you'd rather be doing? So if it's the professional golfer who I'm working with, they already have the skill. They already have the expertise. They're not coming to someone like me because they've just bought a set of golf clubs and go, well, now that I got golf clubs, I need a hypnotist. No, they're going to be that person who already has that skill, yet there's some mental trigger that's holding them back. They're standing over the ball and they're thinking of the one that went in the water several holes ago. Again, caution, I am not a golfer. I'm probably getting this terminology wrong. Uh, but it's where they can be the expert on their skill. And I'm the expert in terms of helping them facilitate that message that, uh, admittedly, I'm taking the stuff they've already been saying to themselves for a number of years and helping them deliver to that, deliver to that part of mind where now it's going to actually take hold. Yeah. Okay. That sounds quite interesting. No, seriously, I'm just trying to process all that you said in my mind. And it is probably the most fascinating thing because every time I think of hypnosis, I just think U.S. government, you know, they're going, right. Um, what's the word sleeper term or this like, you know, when you hear the word um, scorpion king, that's it, you know, <laughs> activated, go and eliminate. I watch too much TV. Yeah, I spend quite a bit of time in, in the business world as well as also, you know, communicating with my community that uh, in 2017, I gave the keynote talk at many of the major hypnosis conventions. We're a small community, but we have several of them. I got the award. This is me um, uh, silently patting myself on the back playfully as I say these things, uh, giving, um, getting an award of being hypnotist of the year in my profession last year. Um, and it's funny that some people in my community would look at uh, different movies that would come out, some of the ones like you're referencing, or what's the um, Jordan Peele, uh, Get Out, that came out. Um, yeah, I, I tend to have the firm belief that the public can look at those things and go, yeah, that's clearly fiction, especially with the movie, uh, the way the movie Get Out uh, takes a little bit of an interesting twist at the end yeah. of it. <laughs> Although it's of all things, someone will often see that. And I actually, I had this exact call several months ago. 
you know, I saw that movie, Get Out, and not to spoil the part of the movie. I saw that movie. I'm sure the, um, the brain surgery part of it isn't what you do, and it's probably not exactly like that movie, but um, I need to feel more confident in my speaking. I need to be a better leader within my business. Uh, so don't quite do exactly that Get Out movie thing, but just, you know, do the, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> the truth is the mind is active and alert the entire time. You hear everything. You remember as much as you would from any normal conversation. Uh, it's where in older definitions, we would actually use the, the, the idea that it's a state of heightened suggestibility, which some people would have an older connotation of the word suggestibility. Um, I'm one of several people that are now suggesting that's changed that word now to receptivity. So mm -hmm. it's that place where think of it as, you know, we, we, there's a trending terminology of accelerated learning. Uh, to take that pattern in the mind that we wish to become the more dominant ones and let that become that more dominant language in the mind and let the older thinking begin to atrophy away instead. Right. Okay. That sounds very interesting. So since you've taken this leap um, to, you know, working as a hypnotist on a full-time basis, between when you started and today, what are the top five lessons you learned? Um, or, or if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self when you started out? What are the, most, what are the key things that you've learned, either from a carrying out your work or from a business point of view? What are the five top things that you've learned? And yes, you've driven me to grab a sheet of paper and make sure I actually say five. So <laughs> the first one is actually uh, in my book. This is actually one of the later points, but let's kick off with this one. And it's the mindset that keep balance, that as much as we can talk about business, as much as we can talk about the things that we're passionate about, uh, to have a life outside of that professional world. I've already mentioned that I've got two small children, I'm married, and that ability to have that skill to be there in the business, be in that mode and be fully invested in that. But then also, unless I'm traveling, be there at home at the dinner table with the kids, be there at the school events. So it's that balance that uh, the, quick, the quick anecdote, and I'll shorten the story here because it's a bit of a long one sometimes. In the theater world, if you've never been in a professional production, if it's even been like a school production or you've just given a, a talk at a class before, they always say, make sure the audience can see your face. And I can remember back about maybe 14 years or so, here was this actor that was being told, uh, stand with your back to the audience. And this made him nervous. And then eventually the director explained, I'm giving you a gift. Because the moment you turn and face the audience, you're technically making another introduction. And by doing that, everyone's eyes will be on you. Everyone's gonna hear your line because you actually have the most important line of this first scene of the play. Otherwise they won't know the plot. So I'm giving you a gift by asking you to make that second entrance, everybody's gonna be looking at you. And the joke of the story became this uh, young actor actually then fought the rest of the production to try to turn his back on the audience even more. <laughs> so by having that balance to leave the work and then spend time with those other things that absolutely matter even more, allows you to make that introduction back into your business and by doing so, have that clearer mind, have that greater focus. Uh, I'd say for a second thing, I don't tend to believe in creating new habits and behaviors. My, my little bit of a reframe on that is instead to build rituals. Rituals are things that we hold sacred. Rituals are things that we don't miss. 
So there's people who, without fail, they're, they're at a church on whatever time of day, whatever week it is that their faith uh, has them. There are people like me that I mentioned my, my personal health uh, transition many years ago, where religiously I'm at a gym in the morning, anywhere between four to six times a week, depending on the, the track of what I'm currently doing at that point. And to look at the shape of the things we do in our businesses in terms of this is that ritual that I know to do, where we're holding ourselves accountable, we're holding ourselves focused on the things that we're doing. Uh, I'd say the, the other couple of themes here, let's go with one of, uh, I'd say value first. I think too many people in business uh, go into any environment with the question in their mind of, what can I sell these people? What can, I, what can I offer these people? What can I profit from these people with? And my mindset instead goes back to what can I give them? What experience can I share with them? I firmly believe in the model of show more than the model of tell. So especially in the line of work that I do, I could stand there at a, at a uh, lunch and learn for a business or be there on stage in the platform giving the keynote at a corporate event, and I could be there saying this is good this is what you can do but to give that experience instead so as a hypnotist to do some sort of demonstration which demonstrates exactly the mindset shift that they can actually create and then from there to then motivate that next step forward so to always look at how do we lead with value how do we provide a positive experience and not just for the goal of reciprocity that oh i've given you something of value therefore you're now more likely to give value back to me but it's where i meet too many people too just on that note that undervalue the work that they do and by doing so they don't tend to receive a lot of value back so by leading with value by leading with knowledge with education which is very important in the line of work that I'm doing that I have to begin by explaining, here's what it actually is, and take that lesson for any other part of, of the business. Uh, I'd say the next point, I'm up to four so far, I love you gave me five, uh, would be that it's a mindset, this kind of goes back to that hypnotic language pattern that I mentioned a little while ago of an action followed by a result, a cause followed by an effect which I talk in business about everything as recognizing the assets that you have and then leveraging that into a much bigger success, which this is a formula that can play from the startup years even to the scale-up years. So early on, suddenly I had this amazing testimonial of a magazine editor in a very specific industry. And rather than just sit there and stick it in a binder and be happy in my office that I got this cool letter, it became the question of who else needs to see this? Who else needs to benefit from this? To put it into the context of my line of work, how can I let this become a hypnotic suggestion in an appropriate way that this is someone you need to have a conversation with? So it became the strategy of taking that article, taking that testimonial, and then broadcasting it out there to the people who really, really needed that message. Uh, and then from there, that became one of the most consistent strategies to add on more people into my business, whether it was specific industries or if it's the private client sector side of things, who are people who also have that issue that are looking for that, uh, looking for that little bit of a nudge in the right direction. And I'd say for a fifth one, I would bring it back to something I've already previously mentioned but can expand upon here. It's that power of premise that just because everyone else does it one way, just because everyone else does something in their style, 
doesn't mean you have to do it the exact same way. And yes, that is coming from someone in a very unique profession with a very unique set of skills. But this can be applied to any any business that's out there. The photographer doesn't have to line up the shots the same way as everyone else. The, the person who's promoting their services as a house painter can go after a very specific market. There's a lot of people, of course, in health and nutrition. And to realize that, again, just because everyone does it this specific style and this is how they book their programs, they can change the model. So to be that, to be that pioneer, to think differently about how things are going, and it's my whole brand of uh, having people work smart to do things with intention, to do things with purpose, to do things with focus. So to tie all five together, it always comes back to that mindset of intention. There's a reason why I'm doing this specific thing. There's a reason why I am now running my business in that direction. There's a reason why I'm gonna test something new out and see what happens. And either it's going to be successful or it's gonna be a, oh, let's call it a valuable learning lesson to then move forward and then continue to, to grow from there. Fabulous. That's actually quite um, educational. Um, I, I think I've learned quite a few things um, from you um, as well. So how do people connect with you if they wanted to find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. My, my book is available now. It's Work Smart Business and subtitled Lessons Learned from Hypnotizing 250,000 People and Building a Million Dollar Brand. You can find all the details for that by heading over to Work Smart Business. Com. It's also available on Amazon, or you can check me out directly at jasonlinette.com. And some people like to try to add extra letters to the last name, so I'll simplify it. It's only six letters, L-I-N-E-T-T, jasonlinette.com. And that's the same uh, handle. That's the same ID on uh, all the major social platforms, too. And love to hear from people. Fabulous. Um, okay, um, so Jason Lynette, um, and just remind me again what your book was called, On Building? Called, yes, it's called Work Smart Business, Lessons Learned from Hypnotizing 250,000 People and Building a Million Dollar Brand. Fabulous. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure connecting with you in the Virtue Cafe and learning about your business. And I hope the people who have listened to us today have enjoyed listening to you as well. <clears throat> it's been fantastic being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so until next time, everyone, it is the Shagilola Salami Show. Um, I will see you again soon. Bye now.